other sectors of government were decentralized. You go to the village, there is a secretary for environment, a secretary for women, for defense, for what? But there was no nothing. Tourism stayed at the at, 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 at up there. It never went down. From the Innovation Village, this is episode 41 of my Village Podcast, produced through the Next Wave program under the Young Africa Works Strategy in partnership with the Mastercard Foundation. And I'm your host, Pauline Achanowin. Growing up, I thought touring was a pastime for whites or bazungu, as we locally call anyone of European origin. They were the ones I was used to seeing in big Land Rovers and heavy rucksacks strapped on their backs headed to the big national parks. Bazungu and a few rich locals, and even then for the rich locals, it was pretty much a day in the park with family, not a week because it was expensive. So I grew up with that mentality that tourism is not a Ugandan or African thing. Then, with the education and exposure that comes with old age, I learned that this is a lie. Anyone can be a tourist and participate in tourism. Unfortunately, the image of tourism I grew up with is still being perpetuated with the way tourism is branded in Uganda by some people. But things are changing. Ugandans are growing interested in moving within Uganda and interacting in various ways with what the country has to offer. On Monday, 27th September 2021, the Innovation Village to Mark World Tourism Day hosted a webinar with a panel of four people involved with the tourism sector and discussed ways on how tourism can be inclusive as we champion for its growth, especially domestically. Mary Bariamujura of Kobati, a community-based tourism initiative, Brian Namanya, the CEO of Tubayo, Sandra Natukunda, Senior Public Relations Officer for Uganda Tourism Board, and Elliot Mugisha, the chairperson of Young Uganda Tour Operators, sat down and had a lengthy conversation with Samantha Nionsaba of the Innovation Village. Today on my Village Podcast, I will share snippets and highlights from the webinar. As it turns out, I am not the only person who grew up with the false belief that tourism was not a Ugandan thing and this negative experience with being excluded has galvanized many into taking action to shift tourism from being elitist and make it inclusive. Mary of Kobati is one of those people. How do we make tourism inclusive? You know, that everyone is a player, that everyone is a participant, that everyone is is, is a beneficiary. For me, because I, f- I feel like that since colonial times, tourism was like a, like what Elliot said, and I think also also Brian, like it was it was it was like an elitist activity. It was for the those, and then there was the us. Even when you see the movies, even when you see what used to happen in the the, the colonial people came and they found Africans there, then they they looked at this land, they gazetted national parks. People were, you know, they, they took them out and they took this land, they, they, they protected these animals, but for their own benefit, for their own benefit. So since that time, the national parks were reserved for 
for for the rich, for 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 international tour, tour, you know tourists, for for people who could afford. So I think uh, my fellow participants mentioned that, and the 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 local people were all on on the periphery. They were the only connection was that they would work. You would work in the lodge. You would you would maybe eventually now pro, uh, come and dance and uh, bring these uh, the, the baskets and uh, that was the only connection. My first encounter with this was in 1972. I was an O-level student at Wiranyaji Girls School. I had done well, and uh, our teachers, who were Pisco teachers, asked the headmistress if they could take me and my fellow student, because we are librarians and we had done the library very well. So they took us, they were going to wear for a weekend. So they took us. It was my first encounter to, to go to uh, Queen Elizabeth National Park. Up to now, I never forgot the, the experience, the crater lakes. We had lunch at the uh, escarpment overlooking Chichwamba. And then as you enter the park, that space, I think everyone knows it, where the Rift Valley falls and you can see the, the park down, you can see the Orenzori Mountain. For me, I've traveled, God has blessed me to travel, but I'm still to see the beauty of a spot like that one. And I wish there are many other spots like those ones. So we entered the park. It was my first time to see what it like. We come to the lodge. My, my, my student and I were booked in the student hostel, but uh, our teachers were gracious enough. They took us for dinner in the lodge. I noticed, though I did not understand that besides the waiters, my, 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 my first student and I were the only Africans in that place. And that was 70, just, just, just I think before, 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 uh, it, before the, the coup, when Uganda's tourism was at its height, the lodge was full. All that I remember is that we went for the buffet and with my first student, and we are like amazed. I was standing in, behind this lady, she, I think she was one of the tourists. What I recall, she was like, this must be banana mousse. I think that was the dessert side. I did not know what banana mousse was, but up to now I never forgot. But what I'm trying to say is that the gap was still there and I noticed it. And then eventually as I went even further to, go to, to, to participate in tourism, I noticed it. There was that gap. And then again, after independence, it continued. Now these parks, it continued even in the government up to now. Like you look back and you could see that all other sectors of government were decentralized. You go to the village, there is a secretary for environment, a secretary for women, for defense, for what? But there was no, not, nothing. Tourism stayed at the, at, at, at the, up there. It never went down. So that gap was always there. So the benefits of tourism, the beauty of tourism, they were never. And people did not understand it. I think, uh, Elliot, you, you talked about it. So for me, I see that that gap, which has existed between mainstream tourism and local people and their environment and their cultures, our history, our indigenous knowledge, all those people are never part of the tourism marketplace. They are never. We are never serious players because we have this perception and I think it will grow with us that I think also Brian mentioned it, 
that if you have to participate in the in, in the tourism, you have to have a lodge, you have to have a, you have to be a tour operator, you have to have a, a hotel, and you have to have a lot of money. That that's that, that that's how it is. It, it is that the tourist is a white person. You know, so now that's the gap, which fortunately young people are coming up. People are, are looking and said no. Other we can also participate. So that some of us came out and said no, because when you travel, you 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 see the that other people are are, are what are also participating. And for me, I see tourism as a tool to help Africa to change the, the narrative about Africa, to change the narrative about East Africa, to change the narrative about local people, even for stakeholders here in Uganda, to understand that our, our local Ugandans, they have money. They want to travel. They want to take their families. So for me, what I do is uh, the, the inclusiveness is to include all those people and also to change the mindset of the stakeholders, of the policymakers, of the local people themselves to know that anyone can do tourism and tourism can be done anywhere in Uganda, anywhere there are opportunities for tourism. So to make it inclusive is you bring more people in. We need to expand Uganda's tourism product beyond wildlife. For people to think that to be able to, tourism is about safaris, is about going to the national park. We need to, 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 to have a shift. We need to rethink the way we, we, are, we are looking at tourism and we're doing tourism. Although there has been effort to make tourism inclusive, the shift has been slowly taking place. Tourism packages, for the most part, are still aimed towards whites and rich Ugandans, who for the most part are over 45. So how do young people enjoy and experience Uganda? COVID in turn brought about the much-needed change. Suddenly, there was no international travel and the tourism sector had to face inwards to survive. One of the biggest outcomes of COVID pandemic is promotion of uh, domestic tourism. Before COVID, most tour operators focus on getting foreign tourists because they are the ones that pay quite good dollars. Most so, even most accommodation facilities had on the high rates affordable most at foreign tourists. So I could summarize the above as exclusive tourism. With COVID lockdowns, most foreign tourists couldn't make the journeys forcing cooperators and facility owners to turn their hopes to domestic clients by offering uh, affordable rates to nationals. That was Elliot of Uto. And the disruption that came with COVID is the break that Brian Namanyas, the CEO of Tubayo, an online travel marketplace, majorly targeting domestic tourists, was looking for. Technology has also been a big part of him running business, which is majorly online because like i shared earlier that people targeted the foreign tourists yeah but I, I thought to myself if someone is given an opportunity to travel from barara go to cp falls from kampala go to pakwach you can't be the same and to me that really inspired me to just enable that for the many youth here just give them the opportunity to travel and how are we going to do that we're going to solve some of the challenges that we noticed were hindering, you know, uh, youth involvement in travel. Uh, one was 
it was so hard to discover things to do. You know, this then comes to the issue of the products that were presented. Most of them were gorillas, safaris, you know, and they were very expensive. So if I needed something that could take me to Jinja, it was so hard. If I needed something that could take me to Kavale, I, I, I didn't even know where to find it. So we knew if we develop a platform that's going to avail all this information and put many products on there, then the youth would then, you know, get ideas of what they can do. And then the second challenge was the pricing of these experiences or the safaris was high. And so they could not afford it. Myself, I could not afford to travel around. So I knew, you know what, let's focus on those small experiences that Ugandans can afford so that they start enjoying, you know. Because when you go and travel and you see the opportunity, trust me, you're going to want to travel again or you're going to want to go back just to exploit that opportunity. And then third was how people were booking. You know, back then it was the email, back and forth, right, I greet you, hope this finds you well, you know. The youth today, we are doing WhatsApp. Hello, this is what I need. Quickly, I want, I want to get done with that, you know. Right now, you challenge so many travel companies. Hey, I need a quote for, you know, Windy. They want to take about, like, you know, six hours. So this all was building up into an industry that needed to change. When you compare with industries such as finance, the finance industry, you know, how they transformed from going and lining up to the banks to now sending with mobile money, travel was laying behind. But now with technology, it can move fast. And so with that, we started our platform to solve those challenges and get youth involved. And regarding um, uh, uh, local participation, um, so we noticed a challenge, how who is going to then provide these activities? And it just made sense that tourism really is about the people, you know? When you look at the story of travel, you know, the story of humanity, it's a story of travel, people moving, migrating from one place to another, you know, intermarrying, you know, connection with people. This is such a unique thing that travel enables. And so we knew everyone then has something to offer. And this is what we believe. Just like Uber, if you have a car, you can simply sign up on the platform, drive whenever you're free to make that extra money. In the future, tourism is going to be about everyone's business because everyone has something to offer. If you have a house, you're going to build and construct a neat, nice, small apartment behind your main house, which you're going to use to host guests. And this is going to be a revenue stream for you. Um, if you have a skill, if you're creative, you're good with photography, you're going to design photography experiences that you're going to be selling to people every Friday, you know, every Friday, every weekend, that to make money, supplement your income. You're listening to my Village Podcast, and we'll take a short break and be back. But I would like to urge government to include tourism in this, in a yoga, in the poverty alleviation programs. In the yoga, where is tourism? In the parish model, uh, 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 this parish model, where is tourism? In the youth and uh, skilling youth, where is tourism? Welcome to my village, a world where all the support you need to build your business is just a click away. Our platform connects entrepreneurs, investors, businesses, and talent. To join, sign up via www.myvillage.africa and be part of Africa's next biggest thing. Welcome back. You're listening to my Village Podcast. 
Today, I am sharing snippets and highlights from a webinar that was hosted by the Innovation Village to mark World Tourism Day. So, we are slowly realizing changes in the tourism sector. People now know tourism is not about big safaris and wildlife, but also about linking tourism to agriculture and exploration of the diverse cultures of Ugandans. And Maria believes Ugandans, especially the young people, are best equipped to brand and tell our stories with help from the corporate sector as evidenced through her partnership with MTN. The level where I am now, anyone who wants to come and get knowledge from me, I am available. I'm available through Cobat. I'm available through our training center in, 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 in Barara. I'm available to showcase our villages. We have villages. We are, we are to tell our own stories. You young people, you need to tell our stories. What, what story? Who, who tells African stories? Who tells them? Who takes pictures of Africans, of African places? What message do they communicate? Who is their audience? We need to start owning our, our stories because some people come here and take pictures. What is their agenda to fundraise? What pictures do they take? Need the children, need the mothers, need the houses. I see on, on my colleagues, the kind of tourism they think is a needed homestead. That is what they showcase. That's not who we are. That's not who we are. We need, it because of community tourism, um, we have villages where local people are good people, where they are doing honest work, where they live in good homesteads, where they, the children are not starving, where the mothers are not begging. But we just need opportunity. Uganda Tourism Board, you need to look within. You need to look within. You need to look at people who have walked the walk. You should not only look at that international consultants. These international consultants, they come and, and ask us, in fact, for me, I stopped. I said, I no longer, if you think I'm worthy, because I would sit in my office and get PhD students. They would come to, who want to know about community. So they'll send them to me. I reached a point. I said, you know what? If I, um, if I have knowledge worthy for people to use it and do a PhD, then I'm a, I'm a consultant. In fact, I don't even ask anyone. I call myself, I'm a, I'm a community tourism consultant because I know that I know. And I told these people, I said, if you want to UNDP, I told them, no, I no longer do that. I do that. Involve me as a consultant. We need to be comfortable with who we are. Because for me, I know that these local people, they have the knowledge. They have kept it for generations. I also like to, to charity corporates. Invest in tourism as well. It's not only the, the sports or what, no. I'd like to thank a uh, new vision and uh, uh, Robert Kopshenga when he, he when he was there. He initiated this Pakasa thing. They initiated the, the the agriculture thing with the, with KLM and 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 then and the Netherlands, whatever. They took farming to another level. They exposed the farmers internationally, and also that's tourism because I'm I'm like what he did as as uh, 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 through new vision. Other corporates can can do that. They can do that. I'd like to thank MTN as I end. In 2009, I went to MTN uh, uh, Foundation, to MTN. Uh, I said, I want you to partner with me, with Cobalt. And we do go to Bombo because I identified Bombo, I identified the Nubian community. 
as a community which had unique culture in terms of their food, in terms of their dance, in terms of their way of life, in terms of the handcraft of their women, in terms of, 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 who, of, who, of, of, of their numbers, of their being a, a, a Nubian cluster in every town of Uganda, yet they were poor. Yet they were in Bombo, they were strategically located along Uganda's tourism circuit to, to Maction Falls, to the border with, with Congo and, 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 you know, and, and South Sudan. But they were poor. They were not aware of the strengths within their culture and their heritage. But for me, I identified it. Then I went and applied to MTN. They said, no, for us at MTN, we support schools and health, education and health and other things. I said, give me a chance. I persisted. They gave me a chance. I went to their board. I went with my visuals. They were telling pictures. They were telling stories. I was able to get funding from MTN Foundation. We are able to do community tourism in Bombo. We are able to launch Bombo Community Tourism Village to the level that the Ministry of Tourism came and launched it. We hosted ambassadors. We've hosted twice. We hosted the Navagerika. The Navagerika had about the, the, uh, what we are doing in, in, in homestead tourism and rural tourism. She came and we hosted her in Bombo. So if there were other, I were able to do that because the MD who was at MTN that time was coming from Swaziland. And they at Swaziland in Southern Africa, they are very good. They understand the power of tourism and local tourism. But then, if we were able to do that, how many other villages could be done? How many? So, corporates, I want to challenge them, support, support small enterprises, small tourism-related enterprises. They don't need very much. Support us if, we have, if, I, if I come to you or Brian or, 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 or said we want to hold a, a, work, a, 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 work, a workshop in, in, in Arua, want to hold a, a, a workshop in, in, in Kisoro, fund it. It doesn't need, we don't know, in tourism, you don't need like millions of money. said we want 400,000. No, no. Even 1 million can do it. Even 3 million, even 500. Use what you have in front of local people. Give them the dignity they, 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 they want. One time as I end, I hosted, you know, in our village, some, some people from Spain. This woman came and then she, she my community hosted half, three of them for three, two weeks in their community. When she went back, now she said she wanted to come again with other people and then the price she was offering. Then I said, no, I've told the community, people said, your food is good. What you're offering is good. I, I, I don't understand why somebody can come and pay and pay for a plate of, of food at 80,000 or 100,000 of all these foods and you come to the community and you want to eat their local food and pay them like 1,000. Why? While giving her closing remarks, Maria was appreciative of the steps UTB has taken, but said there was need to do more, including all other government stakeholders. My last word is uh, on the theme of this year's World Tourism Day, inclusiveness. So I would like to, I would like to appeal to, first let me appeal to UTB, UTB, because this is a, uh, our mother, UTB, and also the Minister of Tourism. But I thank them. I thank the Minister of Tourism for support. They have really come out to support the, you know, the PS. She has been, you know, you know, very hands-on, and 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 and, and uh, the 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 whole leadership. I thank that. I also thank government 
for putting in policies and also like uh, working on the roads. I would say what UNRWA has done, that you can travel for, for or the highways, the, 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 the focus is on the roads. We are still not 100% there, but at least we are where we are. So we are grateful because you cannot do tourism when you can't access the, 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 the areas, the destination. But I would also like it to be continued by local governments to, to, to understand that where there are attractions, where there are are places which could be of of, of, of interest through tourism, let let them also, when they are planning, take tourism into consideration. I think UTB, you have a lot to do, and the government, Ministry of Tourism has a lot to do to interest local governments, understanding that tourism can be a great source of income even for them. I am excited about the new cities, Barra City, Fort Portrait City, Bari City, all these cities. Tourism can be the, 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 their best, you know, link to, to, to boost them up if we're planned, if we're understood. UTB, you need to be part of that conversation. And you can't just be sitting at, uh, in Kampala, you need to have roots with people who, who are stakeholders in these areas. Because for I get very surprised that I've never, even one day, got information or a contact from UTB that here, Maria, we are coming to Mbarara or we are going, we are, we are doing this community tourism, how you, even to network with me, even to consult me. I'm not begging that I do that, but I feel that uh, UTB, you should know who are the stakeholders. You should know the people who have interests. You should look them up. You should, you, 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 you should consult them. If you come to a, an area like Fort Potro, I'm sure there are people whom you should have on your database that these are the people I need to link with. Opinion makers, influencers, you know? Because, you know, when you, when you, when, 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 when you bring people like those on board, it makes everyone, that's inclusiveness. That's inclusiveness. Government, I would, I would thank government for the programs they, 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 they are focusing on for, for poverty alleviation. But I would like to urge government to include tourism in this, uh, in a MIOGA, in the poverty alleviation programs. In the MIOGA, where is tourism? In the parish model, uh, 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 this parish model, where is tourism? In the youth and uh, skilling youth, where is tourism? In operation, wealth creation, where is tourism? Brian, in conclusion, also echoed Maria's sentiments on partnerships with the private sector and highlighted the resilience of young entrepreneurs to push through despite government delays. But also I'm excited by the youth and their energy and the entrepreneurial spirits. And one thing I know about entrepreneurs, we never complain. We see a challenge, we go at it and solve it. It will be worthwhile, you know, even if we achieve only 10% of it. And so for us... We're not going to wait for government to come and, you know, um, uh, listen to Ugandans to solve their own problems. They can keep consulting the foreigners, you know. But I'll tell you this. This is a screenshot on how we are performing. And we are beating all these uh, global platforms. Airbnb is right below there. Self-border, Tuvayo. These are locals who are, you know, I believe we, we know our challenges and we can best solve them if supported. And so we are going to work with business people 
create opportunities for each other uh, to encourage everyone participating in travel. Um, uh, yeah, I think most of the stuff has been shared by Madame Maria and Sandra. Thank you all for participating in this tourism webinar. And hopefully this conversation has enlightened you on how tourism can be inclusive as we champion for its growth, especially domestically. And from the Innovation Village, this is my village podcast produced through the Next Wave program under the Young Africa Work Strategy in partnership with the Mastercard Foundation. And I'm your host, Pauline Achanawin. <laughs>